Everything that you thought you knew is no more, except for Jimmy Eagle being on top of a mountain with a boy kicking a soccer ball who now has no name if he ever did. Jimmy Eagle approaches a large golden door carved into the side of the peak of the mountain top. He stops and he notices all kinds of encryptions and engravings up and down the door. The door, by the way, is, is tall, very tall much taller than any door should be. And he notices, when he looks closer, he sees that the inscriptions are all aerial-related. Little airplanes and propellers and weird flying crafts that remind him of pictures from textbooks about the history of India and, and Hindu gods flying on weird crafts. Things that you would see in ancient aliens. He laughs to himself, thinking about this. Remembering Giorgio and his crazy hair. Because why not? He knocks on the door. He knocks again. Nothing. He turns to the boy with the soccer ball, who is now kicking it up in the air while standing in one place. You know, that thing that soccer players do somehow with their soccer voodoo. And he says, so how do I get in? The boy just smiles and then continues kicking his ball in the air. And just as he's about to give up, he hears a stirring from the other side of the door. Something moving, something approaching. The little boy who is dribbling the ball on his foot misses it and it rolls down the hill. And he's staring with his mouth wide open as the door is sliding open. And all the years that the kid knew of this building, he had never seen the door open. He didn't even know it could open. He thought it was just a part of the mountain that had been carved to look like a door. Now Jimmy Eagle was nervous at first, but when the door opened and he saw his buddy Bobby Wings, he was excited. He raced over to Bobby and he wrapped his arms around him because it was, after all, his hero. And it had been a long time since he'd seen him, and he thought that Bobby Wings was dead. Bobby, he shouts, I'm glad you're alive. Thank God I can bring you back to the States and you'll be our hero again. And Bobby Wings... Why does he talk like that? <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> and... Play it. <laughs> and Bobby was like, I'm not going back. And Jimmy was heartbroken. He said, Bobby, why? Why won't you go back? And Bobby says, there are things that I was asked to do that I don't want to talk about. It wasn't just running a letter. There was more. There's a lot more to that mission than originally told. And I think it's best that everybody thinks that I'm dead. What do you mean? You were the greatest pilot of my childhood, of the entire world's history, Jimmy Eagle beamed, reminiscing on the days when he would visit Bobby Wing at his flying circus air shows that we mentioned in previous episode. Bobby Wings, with a long beard and a wrinkly face and fading blue eyes, looks down at him because he's taller and says, Jimmy, I gotta tell you a little story. Now, our government isn't what you think it is. In fact, they're a lot more shady than they like to come off. They asked me to do some unspeakable things to this here village in Mongolia, and after I read my paperwork, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to kill all these innocent people. So I devised a plan, a plan where 
my airplane was going to go down in the ocean, and I'm an experienced pilot, and I knew how to do it, how to make it look real. But I didn't tell them that I had a life raft on board, and I didn't tell them that I was going to survive. Buzz. He went missing. They never found his plane. Ah. 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 Well, Jimmy Eagle, Bobby said again, forgetting everything that he just said. I decided to go into hiding, and I married a local Mongolian woman, and we lived a happy long life. Well, we're still living it. I'm still living it. She died about a year ago from tuberculosis. She's buried just over there, Bobby Wing said, pointing off to the edge of the mountain. Jimmy Eagle looked over, exactly where the ball had been kicked. He looked back at the boy, who was no longer there. What happened to the boy? Jimmy Eagles asked. Bobby Wings looked at him, smiling. You mean the spirit of the mountain? He'll be back. He comes and he goes. What? Jimmy Eagle was very confused. And at that moment, he realized that he had just climbed an entire mountain and flown halfway across the world. All the way. No, halfway. Halfway across the world. He did the math in his head. And he realized that he was just super exhausted and he needed to rest. And he started to stumble a little bit. Hey, are you okay, young young man? Bobby Wings asked, reaching out to catch him in case he fell. Yeah, I'm just, I just realized that I just climbed a whole mountain. Please, please, come into my house. Follow me in. And the two of them walk into the house, and Jimmy Eagle is looking around at all the artifacts. There are bits and pieces of old planes and parachutes and all types of aeronautic gear, including remnants from spaceships. I'm a, I'm a bit of a collector, Bobby says, as they walk in together. And Jimmy sits down on a chair, and quickly he dozes off. A few hours go by, and... Bobby wakes him up, and he says, Are you hungry? Bobby's making omelets, and they get to talking again about all the time that's been missing. Bobby mentions that his wife had had a baby, and the baby had grown into a little boy, and the little boy had gotten sick, and the spirit walked around the mountain and was often spotted. Jimmy was freaked out. He didn't know what to say or what to think or what to believe. All he knew was he had just walked up a really big mountain and possibly conversed with a ghost. Jimmy Eagle took a sip from the tea that Bobby Wings had brought with the omelets, wiping off a bit of tea that was dripping sloppily out of his mouth. So you don't think you'd ever return to the U.S.? Jimmy inquired. Bobby sighed a deep sigh and looked off seemingly in the distance. I don't know, young man. It's been a long time. I've lived a long life. I don't know if I can even fly anymore. But it's not just the government that drives me crazy. It's people. They want so much from you. They expect so much. You become more than just a man. You become a symbol for them to hang on to. And the minute you do something that they don't like, they, they toss you away. Jimmy Eagle couldn't help but wonder what it was that Bobby Wings had ever done to make anyone mad. Bobby Wings came out of his daze and looked Jimmy Eagle straight in the eyes, said, do you think the world will ever change? Jimmy Eagle looked at him, still not really sure what he was getting at. For life had always treated him pretty well. He jostled his, his lucky charm in his hand, looked around the room, admiring all the old paintings. Seemingly somewhere along the line, Bobby Wings had acquired quite the collection of oil paintings from all over the world. So he hadn't been standing in one place on a mountain. He had been traveling. And Jimmy Eagle started thinking, well, what identity had he been going under? How long had he traveled the world, unbeknownst to everybody, even being as famous as he was? And he started wondering what it was that Bobby Wings had ever done that would have pissed anybody off. There was a secret. Jimmy wanted to know what it was, but he didn't want to be blunt and rude and force himself into the conversation. So Jimmy decided that they were going to walk down the mountain in and back into the town and 
maybe they were going to have some kombucha or beer or whatever the local... Eh, it's kombucha. Ah. I'm just kidding. You can get that. <laughs> whatever the local drink is. So they walk down the mountain together, and in the corner of Jimmy's eyes, he sees the soccer ball bouncing up, down, up, down. And he tries not to pay it any mind as he walks, trying to tunnel his vision down the bottom of the mountain. So they get to a, a little shack in the village that has alcohol, and they're drinking and they're talking, and Jimmy says, you know, I idolized you for a long time. I even have this keychain here that you gave me a long time ago. And Bobby looks at it, and he thinks back to when there was a little boy standing outside the fence, watching every landing and every takeoff. And he remembers when he was a younger boy, and he idolized the pilots too. And he felt the full weight of his impact on Jimmy's life. Well, I guess this is the time that I tell you what I did. This is the time to tell you that towards the end, I thought I was going to be a pariah in the United States. I didn't think they'd ever let me back in. It's a dark thing that I did, but I did what I did for a reason. I killed a man, Bobby Wings muttered under a drunken breath. Jimmy Eagle wasn't sure, quite sure that he had heard what he heard. So he asked, what? I killed a man, Bobby Wings said again. This time, Jimmy Eagle looked Bobby Wings straight in the eyes, pretty much the same way that Bobby Wings had looked Jimmy Eagle in the eyes earlier. You killed a man? How? What? When? Jimmy Eagle was baffled. All at once, it seemed like his childhood memories were being torn apart and thrown to the ground and shattered and stomped on. Bobby Wings took a sip from his beer and looked Jimmy Eagle back dead in the eyes. That's just all there is to it. And he was a decent man, too. But I have a temper, you see. A mean temper. There's an evil spirit or something inside of me that makes me want to murder things when they piss me off. Jimmy Eagle was very concerned and sort of stumbled backwards off of his bar stool, not sure who this man in front of him was anymore. In his panic, he dropped his lucky biplane charm, which he had never done before, and it rolled... Eh. You got a you there. He dropped it outside the plane. Yeah, that was a big moment. Fuck. <laughs> I object. <laughs> he stumbled off of his bar stool, and he laid on the ground for a second, staring up at the ceiling, thinking about the dark secret that Bobby had just told him. And now, all the thoughts circling around in his head, in the drunken stupor, he wondered if Bobby was going to kill him, too. He made him fly all the way out to Mongolia for something. Could it be that? Could it be the reason that Bobby brought him out was to kill him? Uh, laying on the floor, Jimmy decided to wait it out because he was already kind of drunk. <laughs> he stayed there for a second. I've been there. <laughs> he stayed there, closing one eye as the world spun, and he thought about the wife, the dead wife. And he wondered, could Bobby have killed his wife and his kid? Laying on the floor, drunk, nearly vomiting, Jimmy was thinking about how his hero could be a serial killer. His consciousness was going to black. He knew he was about to pass out. When he came to the next morning, he was back in Bobby Wings's lair. He couldn't help but think of it this way now, knowing what he knew about Bobby Wings. In his mind, Bobby Wings was some sort of secret villain. Everything had changed. I mean, of course, he had talked to him and had some drinks, and other than that one statement, Bobby Wings seemed just as bit as amazing as he had imagined him to be when he was a child, a little older wrinkled. But it was a new feeling that Jimmy Eagle felt. This feeling of betrayal? Was it Was it betrayal? Bobby Wings entered the room at that moment with a bowl of hot soup, laid it down next to Jimmy Eagle and said, Are you feeling alright, young man? 
as if nothing had happened the night before. Did he remember? Was he trying to pretend like he hadn't said what he said? Did he even mean what he said? Was he just drunk and hadn't talked to another decent soul in so long that he had he couldn't he couldn't quite understand it. He ate the soup because he was hungry. And he said, Who is the man that you killed? Bobby Wings stopped with his hand, mid-air with the spoon in his hand, because he was because he was feeding Jimmy Eagle the soup. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, Jimmy Eagle was was sick in bed and he was spoon feeding I'm kinda nuts. Take take it. Who was he? Who was the man that you killed? Well, Jimmy, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you who. He was a man who used to be in the flying circus along with me. His name was Greg. Greg was... <laughs> what? We have Jimmy Eagle, Bobby Wings, and Greg. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, you want to have a ridiculous last name, too? No, Greg is fine. <laughs> Greg Fuselage. Okay, there we go. His name was Greg. <laughs> He was a good man, if all being said is honest, but he forgot some of his flight patterns and he was not the greatest co-pilot. I think he got into the plane a little early and he wouldn't set up right. And one time, he didn't even fuel the plane. We got up into the air, realized the fuel gauge was off and we had to land immediately and it almost crashed. Now, after several weeks of Greg screwing with my, uh, my show, I grew angry at him, and I contemplated firing him over and over, but his uncle funded the entire thing. Now, I know what you're thinking. I could have just brought it to the uncle, but you didn't know him like I did. He was a he was a son of a bitch. Now, I came up with one solution. One day, I was fueling the plane. It was just Greg and I out on the tarmac, and he was there doing what he always did, rambling about nothing. He was always talking about gambling. Greg, Greg had a real gambling problem. He was always talking about blackjack and penny slots and hookers. He, he was just rambling and talking and talking, and I was hungover and I was angry, and, well, I don't like to admit it, but I smacked him in the back of the head with a crowbar, and I thought it would just be one, but one turned into two, it was turned into ten, and before you knew it, he was dead, and the crowbar was sloppy, and his brain was leaking all over the tarmac. Now... I could have admitted it and gone to prison, and but I decided that I didn't want to be a part of that tabloid mess, so I was going to cover it up. I cleaned up the tarmac, and I put his body into the plane, what was left of it, and I wrapped him up in a tarp. And during my flight, I went over a giant set of woods, a forest, if you will, and I kicked his body out of the plane. And he unraveled from the tarp on his way down, he landed in a thicket of trees, and as far as I know, nobody ever found him, but... I lived with a lot of guilt, and I thought about Greg Fuselage, and I thought about his family, and I thought about his mean uncle, and all the guilt sort of weighed in on me. And when that letter to deliver the letter to Mongolia came in, I knew that was my way out. So you see, I'm a bad man. I'm not the man I thought I ever was, or anyone thought I was, and I was afraid of not living up to that expectation. But it doesn't end there, Jimmy Eagle. Jimmy Eagle sat up in bed. I says, I never actually told you my name. Bobby Wings says, I'm clairvoyant. I saw bad things coming. Not just for me, for everybody. For the uncle, for everybody on my circus, bad things were coming. And I decided that it was a good time to get out of that business. Everybody rants and raves about fame. 
they all want it. They want it like a disease that they're hungry for. And once they get it, they don't realize what it really is. It's awful. It's atrocious. You have no privacy. You have no sanctity. You have no sanity. Once I was famous, I realized how much I hated it. It was a plague. I didn't like going outside to check my mail and having my picture taken. I didn't like walking to the grocery store and having people ask for autographs and take pictures. And all these things made me very uncomfortable because I, although you don't know it, I'm kind of an introvert. And I like to be alone. The letter to Mongolia was my perfect excuse to leave, to leave everything behind. And I figured if they came across Greg's body, they'd have nobody to blame. So an investigation happened right around that time. The cops were looking everywhere for Greg, and his uncle was questioning everybody in the circus where he went. And I told the uncle about Greg's gambling problem, and I told him about the hookers, and I told him about the money that he owed because that's one of the many things that Greg rambled about. And it all kind of tied in, but I was always afraid that a detective would find the crowbar or find the blood on the tarmac or something to tie it back to me. And I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't live watching over my shoulder, wondering if a cop was going to close in. Now, Jimmy, it's not all bad. It's not all like it seems. For I did find this shack on this mountain with this oversized door... And I did marry a local Mongolian woman and have a son who was overly fascinated with soccer and became the spirit of the mountain. But also, every other month, I made it my mission to search the world for uh, something. Something that I, I wasn't sure existed, but I had remembered from childhood stories of my own, movies, and there was something, a rumored something, that would cure man's disease which is the thing that makes man succumb to temptation. Very biblical. I searched the world for this rumored, I think it was a plant now. You see, I'm, I'm forgetting now because I never actually found it. But somewhere along the lines, I had heard about a plant that turned all men who consumed it good. And I searched the world. I wore a fake mustache. I had fake eyebrows even. I made them thicker than usual. Because as you know, the newspapers would always report my, my abnormally thin eyebrows and make a mockery of it. I found that there is no plant, no root, no such thing. But I discovered yoga and meditation and copious amounts of alcohol. And that, my friend, is the so and marijuana. Those are the solutions. Jimmy and Bobby are standing there, staring back and forth at each other. And... They hear chuckle, laugh, and Jimmy looks over, and the spirit of the mountain is standing there, kicking the ball up and down, up and down. And Jimmy starts to understand why it is that Bobby stays on the mountain. It's not because of the rage, and it's not because he's in hiding. It's because of this boy, the spirit. It's all that he has left. Jimmy looks down at the floor, then looks back up at Bobby Wings' eyes, and he began to wonder about this plant. He, he stood up, he took one last sip from his tea, and he walked outside. A blizzard was beginning. The snow was falling on his face, and his cheeks were getting a little cold. But he wasn't all there. In his mind, he was thinking about this plant. And he looked over to where Bobby Wings had said that he'd buried his so-called wife at the edge of the mountain. And he noticed the edge of what looked like a propeller, which at first he had thought was a tombstone. And he walked over to it brushed off the snow as best he could as the blizzard became worse and the snow started falling on top of him. 
you saw the plane, and then you looked out at the sky, the sun was setting, and he thought long and hard about that plant, and about man, and about man's evil ways, and he wondered. This has been the writer's block. Cool kids, remember to subscribe, and tune in next week. For the next episode of the writer's block the coolest podcast of all time time time